1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the broadcast. It's an honor to be here and present to you Dr. Jonathan Hansen of World Ministries International here on this live broadcast.
2: Yes, Shannon, it's good being with you again tonight, and I will open up in prayer. Father God, we pray now in Jesus' name that you help us, you bless us, let this program go forth, let people be blessed. Again, let there be a difference in the mentality we have, so we can do our job as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, so we can go forth and speak the truth, and we can conquer. We can be victorious. Again, we pray that God save America. God help us get another great awakening. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Shannon, I got two great programs for you today. One I did with Matt Larkin running for U.S. Congress, and the other, at the tail end of this, is a message I did about faith. You're going to enjoy today's program. Now, let's begin. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio program. I have with me a man running, and I'll let him explain what he's running for, but he's a friend of mine, Matt Larkin. Matt, welcome back to the Warning Radio program.
3: Thank you so much. It's an honor to be back here.
2: Well, it's always good to be with you. I enjoy you very much. I enjoy uh, the relationship because of your faith, which we have in common. Uh, Matt, for those yeah. that have never watched uh, something in the past where I had you on television or, or listened on a radio, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're running for.
3: Sure. Well, I'm, I'll start with what I'm running for. I'm running for Washington's 8th Congressional District uh, for the United States Congress. So it's a big seat. I'm running against Kim Schreier, uh, who's a liberal Democrat, uh, and we're running to take back the House of uh, Representatives and, and kick out Nancy Pelosi once and for all. Uh, so I'm Matt Larkin. I'm lifelong Washingtonian. I've been, my family's been here over 165 years. Uh, they homesteaded here before this place was even a state. Uh, and I care about this place. I went to Gonzaga for law school. I got a law degree there and went past law school and got an advanced law degree called an LLM. Uh, And I worked for President George W. Bush in the White House after that as a speechwriter and an attorney. Um, Once his term ended, my job ended. Obama was getting sworn in. Uh, I was moving out, moving my stuff out of the office. Uh, It was a very strange time. But I met my wife while I was at the White House. I married her and moved her out to the Northwest where we started raising a family. I took a job as a criminal prosecutor. So I was putting bad guys in jail in Pierce County. Uh, And did that for a short time until I got called to my family's manufacturing business. So we own a company, uh, Jonathan, and it's um, about a 600-employee company, third-generation business. We're really proud of it. Uh, It's the crown jewel of our family. And uh, I I transferred from prosecuting to working there, and I was there for the last 10 years or so. Uh, We have uh, four kids we're raising, uh, a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 4-year-old. Uh, and it's boy, 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 and our little sweetheart on the end, who's our little girl. Uh, and uh, about, gosh, about three three or so years ago, we started to feel called towards public service. Uh, so I put my uh, company on hold, took an extended leave of absence, uh, and, and stepped into the public arena, running for uh, attorney general in 2020 against Bob Ferguson. Uh, and, and when that uh, race ended, uh, not the way we wanted it, uh, we felt a strong feeling that our, our work wasn't done. God was continuing to call us towards public service, uh, and we decided to fight the fight to win back this seat in the United States Congress. And here we are. We're in a, a toss-up. We just won a tough primary a few months ago. The election's 27 days away, and we've got a lot of momentum. So it's exciting to be a part of this, and we're, uh, we're confident we're going to win this race.
2: Well, that's exciting. You know, I have been in Congress before, in the House, and the Senate, and— uh I'll tell you what, it'll be exciting to get you back there, Matt. But, uh, I, you know, I wish you would have won that attorney general. We needed somebody that would promote <laughs> a justice because we oh, have seen we have seen just lawlessness run through the state for several years now.
3: Yeah, no, you're right. You touched on it. Uh, it it's a sense of lawlessness. Uh, and that's why I rolled out our campaign slogan about a year ago, which is make crime illegal again um there's a sense an overwhelming sense that crime is is legal right now in washington state uh and even now more so in the other 49 states than we've ever seen uh there's a sense of lawlessness crime is way up as you know uh, i mean king county where i live it's up 72 percent murder uh murders are up 72 percent burglaries are up almost 30 percent uh i mean these are astounding numbers in kittitas county on the east side of the state, on the east side of my district, murders are up 200 um, percent. These should be jaw-dropping statistics, uh, and people are sick of it. People are ready for someone who's going to step up uh, and tackle the tough issues, and that includes getting tough on crime.
2: Well, you are so correct. I, everywhere I go, I, I I hear this this complaint, and uh, people are so afraid. And you're right. Washington state is worse than many states, and people are leaving this state
1: for mm-hmm. that very
2: issue, and they're tired of Frankly, they're tired of living under tyranny what they consider, like we mentioned, lawlessness and uh, a, a governor that is promoting what they consider uh, lawlessness and a violation of our rights and the Constitution. Uh, Matt?
3: Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And people are ready. People are ready for change. Uh, and that's the most exciting part of this uh, is I think we're going to see that change swing it, swing our way at the ballot box here soon.
2: What are the main issues you are hearing about when you talk to voters?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. We're hearing about three things. Uh, we're hearing a lot about this inflation crisis that we're seeing. Uh, you know, it's it's a big hit to everyone's pocketbook right now. Uh, when egg prices are up forty percent uh, and uh, cereals up twenty percent and butter's thirty two percent, these are real issues that people are getting hit with. Uh, and I'm hearing it. I've covered thousands of doors by this point. And the theme is always the same. Please, Matt, do something about the rising cost of living. Uh, We've got to fix it. We've got to get these things under control. Uh, And and it's not just Republicans that are telling me that. It's Democrats, too. Um, And and that's important to keep in mind. This is affecting everybody. Uh, And they're sick of it. And they're scared, frankly, because there's no end in sight. Uh, And we've got to do something. And that starts with uh, ending the reckless spending. Uh, that's going on. But uh, I'll get to that in a minute. The second thing I hear about is the crime thing we were just talking about. People do not feel safe in their communities. Uh, they just don't. Um, They're they afraid to take their kids to the parks. They're afraid to take their kids into the cities. Uh, there's tents. There's trash. There's needles. There's open drug use. Uh, there's crimes surrounding the drug community, the muggings, the shopliftings, the car thefts. All of these things make people feel very unsafe. Uh, in fact, my wife is afraid to go to the grocery store now after dark in our hometown of Woodenville um, because she's been accosted three separate times, uh, and it uh, it's it's scary. So now I make the the evening bread and milk runs for our family uh, because I don't blame her for for being scared. But these stories are not isolated incidents; uh, these are happening everywhere all over the district. So people are are worried about inflation, they're worried about crime, and third, uh, and, and maybe. Uh, on equal with the first one I'm hearing about is, uh, is energy. People cannot afford to fill up their gas tanks. Um, they're frankly having to make tough decisions between spending money on groceries or filling up their car. we have family friends who had to cancel their summer vacation to Eastern Washington because they couldn't afford the gas. Uh, these are, these are real issues that people are wrestling with. And now you're seeing, uh, the energy gas prices climbing even higher with no end in sight. Uh, it's at around 570 a gallon where we live uh, and and going up by the day. So so these are the concerns we're hearing about.
2: Well, they're they're very real concerns as we you know, leadership is the, either responsible for bringing blessing and prosperity or deterioration and destruction on a, on a state or a nation. And we've got the wrong leadership in Washington state. We got the wrong leadership in Washington DC. And people mm-hmm. realize that you have major democratic leaders leaving the Democratic Party because they know oh, yeah. they know it's out of control.
3: Yeah. Oh, it's not the party of JFK. Uh, his party is radically to the left of that. In fact, JFK would be a Republican today. <laughs> That's what uh, I've been party, saying. <laughs> his party has swung radically to the left, and it's so evident. Um, they're the party of extremism right now, uh, and we're the party of common sense. Uh, and, and I think people get that. And we're going to see that in the, in the elections that are coming up. Uh, so I'm excited to see the results of these elections because I think you're going to see a swing back to sanity again. I mean, for instance, my opponent, Kim Schreier, votes with uh, Nancy Pelosi 100 percent of the time. Yes. Uh, not 96, not 97. I'm not rounding up to 100. It's actually 100 uh, percent. AOC uh, doesn't vote with Pelosi 100 percent of the time. But, but Kim Schreier does, my opponent does, uh, and this is the kind of radical uh, leftism that we're seeing from the Democratic Party right now. The 8th District does not deserve a congresswoman uh, who, who votes like a San Francisco Democrat. Uh, it's a moderate swing district. It deserves someone who carefully and logically considers every single vote. Um, certainly not a, a rubber stamp for Nancy Pelosi.
2: Well, you're exactly right. As I mentioned, you have major Democratic leaders and those in office, different states in in, in D.C. that are leaving the Democratic Party because they realize no longer are they Americans or voting for America uh, to continue to allow the republic to be strong and healthy. Uh, The policies that they're issuing right now are destroying America, toppling America, like they're wanting to move us into the new world order, which I believe they are.
3: Well, well, they're certainly out of touch with uh, with the American public in general. I'll tell you that, uh, and it's sad, and we need to do something about it. Which is why I'm, I've raised my hand and stepped into this arena. What would you We've say is the main difference
2: change. between you and your opponent?
3: Uh, you know what? <clears throat> it's a. Uh, there's so many differences. <laughs> I don't know where to start, <laughs> but it, it's uh, it's it's the first of all. I'm not going to be voting with Nancy Pelosi 100 percent of the time. I'm just not, uh, and I don't think anyone should vote with anybody. of the time. Uh, You need to be a thoughtful and independent member of Congress to represent a district like the 8th Congressional District. Uh, And my opponent, Kim Schreier, is radical and out of touch with the values of the 8th Congressional. She just is. Uh, So that's a huge difference. I will be a thoughtful member of Congress that reads every bill line by line, word for word, uh, and votes accordingly. Uh, I'm not going to be a rubber stamp for either party. Uh, And I think people appreciate that. Uh, And uh, they're willing to to put me into Congress because of that. Uh, So that's a huge difference. I'm also not going to be voting for Nancy Pelosi on my first day in the job to be speaker again, unlike Kim Schreier. Kim Schreier's first vote in this new term will be to reelect Nancy Pelosi as speaker. Uh, And that should give pause to every single person in the district who's thinking about voting for her. Uh, so so there's some glaring differences there. I also am a fiscal conservative. I want to rein in the spending. Uh, she has never met an, a bill that she hasn't voted on to increase spending. Um, she's a big tax and spend uh, liberal, and that's not okay, especially as we slide into a recession right now.
2: You know, it, You know, as we're talking about that, you brought it up. Inflation is hurting people all over. What is mm-hmm. your plan to address and fix inflation?
3: Oh, there's, I mean, we've, A, need to stop the reckless spending. Like yesterday, it needed to happen. Uh, We've got these bills that keep coming up, these trillion dollar spending bills that Kim Schreier votes for every single time. Uh, Even though she admitted, and we we have her on tape saying this, that she knew that these bills uh, could lead to inflation, and yet she voted for them anyway. Uh, And everybody knows you don't keep spending your way out of an inflation crisis. We have 40 year high inflation right now these are making jimmy carter is feeling good about things as he sees these numbers um he's looking better and better in the history lens uh because these these uh economic problems that we're having uh are so much worse than the ones he was having believe it or not uh so we need to stop the reckless spending i mean you've got you've got uh, these trillion dollar bills in the ironically named inflation reduction act that was just passed uh kim schreier wholeheartedly supported that Even though the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, an independent agency, uh, said that it would not lead to reduced inflation. It would actually lead to increased inflation. Uh, But they just keep spending and spending and spending and printing and printing and printing more money. And that is not how you solve this. You solve this by tightening your belt, uh, by budgeting, by living within your means as the federal government. And frankly, as a business owner, I get that. More than most people. Uh, I view life in in the government through the lens of being in the private sector business world. Uh, In business, you have to do a lot with a little. Uh, You have to budget. You have to live within your means. Uh, You have to provide a a product or else you go out of business. There are real-world consequences to running a business poorly. Uh, But in the federal government, if you run it poorly, it's not a big deal. You can just tax and spend and print more money. Uh, There are no consequences to bad governance. Uh, and I'm going to change that when I get back there.
2: You know, Washington has some of the highest gas prices in the country.
3: What can mm-hmm. be done to lower these gas prices, Matt? Well, on day one, when uh, President Obama was sworn in, he declared war on fossil fuels. <clears throat> and he hasn't let up. Uh, and then you see what it leads to. It doesn't lead to less, ener- less uh, gas consumption. It leads to getting gas from other places that we can't trust. It leads to to begging our enemies to give us oil like venezuela and iran uh and russia these are all places now we're having to go hat in hand and ask for oil uh, and it's crazy to me when we have oil here that we just need to tap into and energy independence is such a big part of my platform and I'm not saying we need to be fossil fuel dependent 100%. I'm saying we need a mixed bag approach, uh, but that starts with some fossil fuels, and it starts with getting the fossil fuels that we have here already uh, and cutting ties to these uh, hostile uh, providers of oil. Um, and, and once we do that, we can start to, to find other renewable sources too. Uh, there's all sorts of ways to get clean energy, but, but we need a mixed bag approach. It needs to be an, uh, an everything approach. Uh, and I think once we do that, we'll start to to see these gas prices go back down. But start with domestic energy, finding it right here.
2: Well, you're exactly right. Donald Trump knew that, And that's why uh, the economy is so so hot, just sizzling hot. yeah uh, and we we had extra, and we were exporting it now instead of importing it and uh, uh, making our economy go bankrupt and going into inflation and depression.
3: Mm -hmm. You know, crime
2: is rising all over our state, Matt. Uh, What can you do as a member of Congress to help address this crisis?
3: You know what? I get that question a lot. People oftentimes feel like it's a local issue or a state issue when really it's not. I mean, sure, there's local components to it. But the federal government, especially the United States Congress, controls the federal budget. um, And we can dictate where money goes. Uh, We can, uh, for instance, send federal law enforcement grants. Uh, We can to give police and and sheriffs the support and the equipment and training that they need to be effective. Uh, One of the things that Kevin McCarthy has rolled out in his commitment to America, uh, which is his plan for the Congress once we take it back, uh, is to aim to to hire 200,000 more law enforcement officers. And how is he going to do that? Well, he's going to provide federal money to incentivize hiring again. Uh, to provide hiring bonuses and, and things that will attract new uh, and better police officers to the force because we're hemorrhaging people right now. They don't want to be cops, uh, and I don't blame them, especially in western Washington um, <clears throat> when they're demonized so so often. Uh, but we can do a lot from the federal government to do that, and we can uh, give uh, give a voice to the law enforcement community who needs to know that we have their backs. Uh, my opponent, Kim Schreier, was silent through the defund movement. In fact, she's been bought and paid for by the defund movement. Big, big checks have come into her campaign from the defund movement, and she hasn't returned them. She's kept them. She's used them to put up ads, uh, blasting me and blasting Republicans. Uh, and it's a shame and it's a tragedy, because we needed leadership through that whole defund uh movement that we saw, and we got nothing, a deafening silence from Kim Schreier on that issue. And now she's trying to pretend like she's a friend of law enforcement. Uh, but the endorsements don't lie. Uh, and in fact, I've gotten the endorsement of WA cops, the King County Police Guild, uh, the Seattle Police Officers Guild. I've gotten the endorsement of every elected sheriff in my district, uh, as well as Dave Reichert, our former congressman who held this seat, and the former uh, King County uh, sheriff. Uh, so the endorsements are behind me. Law enforcement is behind me. Uh, and and I'll, they, for good reason, because they know I'll always have their back.
2: Well, that's so very important uh, you know, if we, do, if we don't have law enforcement, I mean, all over the world, I travel to the nations and I see what communists do all over the world. Uh, the mm-hmm. first thing they do if they take over a nation and move it into communism is defund law enforcement, defund the police. And mm-hmm. so creating chaos. I mean, people need to see what's going on. They're trying to topple this, the republic. Uh, yeah. This is crazy what's going on.
3: It's, it's chaos. It absolutely is. And we need leaders with steel spines willing to stand up and get the backs of our brave men and women in blue. Uh, and I've always said that from the very beginning, even in my attorney general race, I took a stand for law enforcement. And I think they, they appreciate that. Uh, they've told me that. Uh, and, and there's no question in their minds who they need to support in this race, because I will always be there for them. Uh, because, frankly, it's not easy to put your life on the line when you go to work every day. You know, uh, most I, Americans don't have to have that thought. They go into the office or they go into the job site or they go into the classroom, but they're not actually putting their lives on the line and saying, I'm going to take a bullet for everyone I work with. Uh, but our people on the front lines of law enforcement are doing that. And it's time to give them the recognition and the support that they deserve.
2: Well, you're absolutely right. You know, before uh, 1975 to 1985, I worked in law enforcement, as you know. And, uh, I still work with a lot of these people and, uh, they do, they do, they do support you, Matt, and they do no like, good. you, and so I can tell you that right now. Uh, they're all concerned what's going on in the state of Washington as well as the United States of America. Now you've mentioned that Kim Schreier votes with Nancy Pelosi 100% of the time. Do you think that you will be a straight party line vote with her in Congress?
3: Well, I assure you, I won't vote with Nancy Pelosi a hundred percent of the time, um, uh, but but no, I, I said this earlier, but I, I really do think you, you should not be a party line vote with your party. Uh, I, I can't think of many instances when that should be the case ever. Um, you should be an independent voter uh, in Congress. Uh, and frankly, our party can be guilty of it too, of, of spending too much money. And I'm a fiscal conservative who wants to rein in the size of the federal uh, budget, rein in the deficit. Uh, and if my party gets a little spending happy, I have no issue voting against them on things like that. Uh, and and we need it. We need people willing to, to take a stand for certain things.
2: No, you're exactly right. Uh, now, you are, as you mentioned, a small business owner. Do you think that provides you with a
3: unique perspective when running for Congress? A hundred percent. And I think we need more business owners in Congress. Uh, frankly, uh, like I said, this worldview that I carry is the worldview of a business owner. Uh, I get it. I get how hard it is to run a business. Uh, and until you actually sign the paychecks, you have a unique perspective on things. Um, <clears throat> and and with that business owning comes a, a fiscal uh, conservative bent to me where I, I want to see the government spending responsibly. I want to treat the federal government as if it was a business where where we have to be accountable to the taxpayers who are our customers. Um, instead, we have the opposite right now. Uh, the government feels like the taxpayers owe them things versus uh, serving the taxpayers who elected them, uh, which is why you see Kim Schreier and Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi uh, doubling the size of the IRS, adding 87,000 more uh, IRS agents to the, to the roles in this latest Inflation Reduction Act bill. Uh, that's a, that's more than the capacity of CenturyLink Stadium, um, or Lumen Field, I should say now, where the Seahawks play. Uh, picture picture the Seahawks Stadium full of IRS agents uh, with another 10,000 waiting outside on the street to get in. That's the number of IRS agents they've hired or are going to hire and are going to unleash them on the American public. Uh, and that's not okay. Uh, and, and these are the kind of things as a business owner that I, I see as a bloated uh, waste of uh, of taxpayer money and we need to to shrink the size of the federal government and be efficient with taxpayer dollars.
2: Well, you're exactly right. Another scary thing about what they want
3: to do with these IRS agents is they're going to be legally armed. Yeah, I've heard that. And that's scary too. And that's why also in Kevin McCarthy's commitment to America, uh, he's committed to stop the hiring of those IRS agents. Uh, And I'm all for that. Uh, The American, the last thing you need in the start of a recession and in record high inflation Uh, is to to double the size of the IRS and stick them on the American public. Uh, That's not okay. We need help. We need sympathy and empathy right now. We certainly don't need the federal government ramping up to squeeze more money out of our wallets right now. People are hurting.
2: You know, politics is a brutal business. Uh, The attack ads on you seem to never end. I mean, I've watched it. Uh, Why put yourself through this? Well, that's a a
3: really good question. Uh, It's not for everybody. I certainly (laughs) would say that. Um, You put yourself through this because, you know, my my personal view is uh, I was called to this. This is a direct calling for my wife and I, for my kids and I. Uh, And I think if we didn't do it, if I didn't raise my hand and step into this fight and into this arena, uh, no one would. We need good people of faith stepping into this arena to actually uh, do some good. And I care about this state. I care about this country. Uh, And I want to be able to help it. And I wouldn't be able to look my kids in the eye many, many years from now And and if I hadn't stepped in and, and said, look, I tried. I tried to help. I tried to fix it. I saw injustice, and I tried to make it better. Um, and uh, so this is, this is the calling that we're in right now. Uh, some people are called to mission work. Some people are called to church plant. Uh, we're called. Uh, to 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 be in in the darkness right now, the dark world of politics, uh, and to to be a good person and a person of faith in this arena.
2: This is all part of the Great Commission to make disciples of all nations. If people like you don't step up to the plate and, and the Bride of Christ, we need to back the right people because if we don't, uh, your kids, my kids, are not going to have a future.
3: This is not mm-hmm. going to be America. Yeah, yeah, and and this is a this is a very very intense time in American history. We were called for such a season as this. Uh, but I, I see a country in a state that I, I don't recognize right now. This is and not I want to
2: fix it. Yeah, this is not the country I grew up in. You know, leave it the beaver, uh, Andy Griffith. No, no, no. This is a far cry from that.
3: Yeah, and it's a scary country or scary place to be raising kids. Uh, and and honestly, that's one of the biggest reasons I'm doing this is because I'm scared for their future. Well, I'm uh, glad
2: you are, Matt, and I'm glad you're in the fight. Now, I know you're a man of faith. How has your faith yeah. encouraged you to strengthen you on this journey of public service?
3: Oh, it's been fantastic. Uh, you, when when you, you feel called to something uh, and you, you you know you're you're within uh, God's calling, there's it's motivating. It's energizing. Uh, my wife and I are praying every day, and we're surrounded by people who are praying for us through this. Because this isn't easy. These fights are not easy to see the attacks on TV all the time, to shield the kids from that. Uh, it's tough stuff. Uh, but, but but with God, you can get through it, uh, and we are. Uh, and, and he has been so faithful to us through this whole process, and that's why we're so confident uh, he's going to carry us over the finish line here in 27 days.
2: If people want to help you, how can they?
3: We have a fantastic website. Uh, it's Larkin4Congress.com. So Larkin, L-A-R-K-I-N, the number four, congress.com. You can sign up there. You can donate there. uh, You can get involved there. uh, You can see cute pictures of my kids on there. Uh, It's an all-in-one place to go to learn more about our race. uh, But we need help. We need you to spread the word. We need you to vote. Uh, This is going to be a close race. It's considered a toss-up right now. Uh, So every single vote matters. This could come down to 100 votes for all we know. Uh, and we've got to get people out voting, uh, especially Republicans and they need to activate and people of faith need to get out and register and vote and then get their friends and family out voting. This will be a race one on the ground uh, and it's going to be one, one vote at a time. So we need help. So please reach out to us, uh, contribute, uh, contribute time, contribute money, however you can help. We need it. It's not time to sit at home. Ballots go out in a week and a half. So it is go time. This is, again,
2: Jonathan Hansen, Dr. Hanson. You've been listening to the Warning Radio Program. I've had Matt Larkin for Congress on today. If you don't get one of the channels that he'll be on on radio, go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org, and you can listen to it there. May God richly bless you. Once again, Matt Larkin for Congress. And again, what are you running for,
3: Matt? United States Congress in the 8th Congressional District of Washington State. We're running to kick Nancy Pelosi out and take back power in the House.
2: Everybody there should get excited about that. Matt Larkin, a good man. I've known him for years. I love him, and I love his faith. We need the right people in office. God richly bless all of you. This is Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome all of you that are watching or listening to the warning radio program, television program, social media. Welcome. We're in the chapel here at World Ministries International, speaking to a live audience, the staff, and their families. I want to speak today on building, growing your faith. Once again, building, growing your faith. I'm going to have five points I'm going to cover. But faith is a way of life for the believer in Jesus Christ. This statement should change the way we think about faith and its usage in every area of life. Some mistakenly think that faith is something we use only in a crisis time of sickness or financial lack or another type of crisis. But it's not. You're supposed to live daily by faith, with faith. You're supposed to put it in operation. Faith is a proactive force, not just a reactive force. It's supposed to be proactive, We can learn to use faith in advance of needs that occur in our lives by speaking the word of faith. Words are powerful. I've said that so many times. We got to be careful what comes out of our mouth. Even in sarcasm, it's important to be careful. You think it's a joke. Well, the devil doesn't. He might just grab onto your foolish words. We need to again... Understand the word of faith, how it affects every area of our life, of our family, business, and ministry. In fact, if we would do this, we would have fewer emergencies to deal with that often occur because we are just living the whatever will be, will be attitude. And we're not supposed to wake up and just whatever will be, will be. Whatever I feel like doing, I'll do. We're supposed to be living by faith. Here are five ways, five points I have to build your faith. One, build it on God's word. Luke 6, 46 through 48. I'm going to read it. And why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? And do not. If we do not do what God says, why are we calling Him Lord? A Christian is supposed to be a follower of Christ, a disciple. In other words, you're supposed to put into operation what you watch and what you see, what you hear Jesus say, do, how he lives, how he reacts, what he thinks. If you don't change, I don't think you're a Christian. I think you have mental assent. I think you're a hypocrite and you might not even know it. Why call me Lord if you do not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and doeth them I will show to you whom he is like. See the key is do you do them? If you do them then pray. Some people pray and its I'll tell you frankly it's a waste of time. He is like a man which built a house and digs deep and laid the foundation on a rock. That's if you do them. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon the house, and it could not shake it, for it was founded on a rock. Now believe me, we all will go through tough times in this life. You don't live without going through tough times unless you live for a few years and you die before you face tough times. But if you grow into a man or a woman, you're going to face tough times if you live long enough for your body to grow old. There will be tough times. Not only with your body aging, but with other areas of attack, If you stand up for Christ, other areas of survival, like finances, there are tough times in life. Yet, it says if you do these things, you'll be like a rock, your your foundation built on a rock. And when an earthquake comes, it's not going to fall apart. Build on God's word. Tells us to dig deep. To lay our foundation of faith upon revelation, knowledge. Information will not do in a storm. It must be revelation from the Spirit of God that produces faith in the heart. Information alone doesn't help. You can have all the information you want about how to use a rifle. Do you know how to use a rifle? Have you gone out and practiced? Have you honed under to your skills? Do you know what you're doing or do you just shoot a bunch of rounds off and they don't even come close to the target? And that's the way some people are with their faith. They don't know how to pray, they don't know the word of God, they don't do the word of God. What are you praying for? God help me. I'm I'm such an idiot. That would be a good prayer. God help me, I have not applied the word of God in my life. I don't know how to live by the word of God. Forgive me, give me some grace, because I'm in trouble. Yeah, that's the way some people should pray. We must build on God's word when trouble comes, if you want to sustain the trouble and survive and prosper and have victory. Two, use your memory. Matthew sixteen five. And when his disciples were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Now they had seen many miracles in the past. They knew Jesus could provide, but once again they forgot the history of what they watched, the miracles that they should remember, and they were falling apart. Matthew 16:5 tells the story of how the disciples had forgotten the miracle of the loaves and fishes. They were worried that they might run out of bread for the boat trip with Jesus. He told them to remember that the miracle so they would have faith the next time they needed another multiplication miracle. I know when I counsel people, I say, hey, don't you remember what God has done in the past? He'll do it now. Why are you falling apart right now? What's wrong Where is your faith? Is it built on the rock? Or are you built on feelings, on moods, on emotions? That's not faith. And when trouble comes, you will fall apart. We don't build on feelings, moods, and emotions. You get up, you put on your your bootstraps, you tie them, you lace them, and you go to war every day. Well, I I don't don't really feel like it. I'm just going to lay in bed and uh, wallow in self-pity. Hello. That's what some people do. I guarantee you. Use your memory. What has God done in the past for you? He will do it again unless you forgot to live by faith. Three, learn to forgive. Mark eleven twenty-five. 25. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have aught against any, that your father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Mark 11:25 the lord tells us that we must forgive before we try to pray the prayer of faith in verse 24 forgive and the thought of the day i shared if you have say you love somebody but that can't transmit into spending time with a person because you don't want to see them. You don't love them. It's sheer vanity and empty words, and they know it. Jesus loved the sinner. He hung out with a sinner, he ate with a sinner, and they knew he loved them. That didn't say he became their best friend. No, he had that type of fellowship with his disciples, who he turned into apostles. But the sinner knew Jesus loved them. He doesn't say, I'm not going to have nothing to do with you because I'm judging you. Wow. Yet some people do that to their friends and their relatives. They don't see the, the beam in their own eye, and they're trying to remove a, a speck in somebody else's. They don't see the beam. You're such a hypocrite. You don't know the meaning of love or grace or mercy. Oh, I don't, I I, I can't, I don't want anything to do with you because I think A, B, C, D. You think. Did you ever meet in love in humility to entreat and see if there's any truth in what you think? Are you humble enough to receive correction yourself? You're supposed to meet, according to scripture, to see Maybe you're wrong. Maybe what you think is wrong. Maybe what you heard is a lie. It's gossip. And you're building your foundation of of a grudge, and and you're rejecting a person, and they're totally innocent. Do you ever think of that? Maybe you're wrong. Well, your behavior is already wrong, I'll tell you that. Again, Jesus hung out with sinners. He ate with them. He didn't break fellowship. He didn't say, I can't do it because you're a sinner. Yeah, in some families, that's what some supposed, quote, Christian families do to other members of their family. Oh, she's a homosexual. We can't invite her to the, you know, a lesbian. He's a homosexual. Can't can't invite him to the family get-together. Can't let him in the house. Well, how are you going to win that person to Christ? Jesus loved the sinner. He hated the sin because it damns her soul, It destroys them. But he certainly would have let him come to a family get together to try to win him to God, to show them that, hey, you still love them no matter what you've done. Yet I know hypocrites that do this. Some of them call themselves pastors. Some young punk calling himself a pastor. And he's nothing more than a punk that shouldn't be behind the the pulpit. And I've seen it all through America. Learn to forgive. Or don't bother trying to pray the prayer of faith. You're wasting your time. Faith only works by love. And where there is no forgiveness, there is no love. Love. Oh, I love them, I forgave them, but I don't want to see them. You got a problem. No, you got the problem. Yeah, the other person might be a sinner, but you have a problem too. You know, I've confessed so many times over 30 years that I was that person. I had asked God to forgive me and then I asked the person to before the Holy Spirit really moved through me. If you have forgiven, if you love, then you can meet with them and sit with them and eat with them. I'm tired of all this nonsense of people making excuses why they can't love. All it is is your excuse. It's not God's. He doesn't accept it. Learn to forgive if you want your faith to grow. Four, relate with faith people. Acts 4.12 Neither is there salvation in any other For there is none other name under heaven given unto man whereby we must be saved. Wow. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none. Hang out with faith people. Are you hanging out with sparrows, buzzards, chickens, or eagles? What level of hypocrite are you hanging out with or people of faith? In Jamaica, I'll never forget it. In a large Assembly of God church. Now, I'll be very honest, most of them really need revival right now. And I preach this sermon, are you a chicken, are you an eagle? If you walk with the chickens and talk with the chickens and eat with the chickens and quack with the trickens and waddle with the chickens, you're a chicken. Do you gossip with the chickens? Do you you talk nonsense with the chickens? Do you talk pioneer pastor's? Back, you're a chicken, you're a buzzard. Hello, you need your wings clipped, if not your throat cut. In other words, don't try to move in faith because you can't do it till you kill the carnal man. Cut that throat of carnality, become an eagle, live by the word of God, live by faith, fly and soar and see miracles. Again, point number one was build on God's word. Number two, use your memory. Number three, learn to forgive. That was Mark eleven twenty five, And when he stands praying, forgive. If you have ought against any, that your father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. You know, this is so serious. Do you understand that you, if you're holding up forgiveness, God doesn't forgive you? Whatever level you want to separate you from the person, God separates you. And that means your Holy Spirit does not move with you like it could. I forgave him, but I don't want to see him. Don't tell me you truly forgave him. Don't tell me that. That is not what scripture is saying. When there is true, true, deep forgiveness, you love everybody. You love their soul. You want to bring them out of their destruction. You turn the other cheek. How many times? 70 times 7, meaning Forever. Can we love people that way? I'm not saying if you're an employer, you've got to keep that type of person on the staff. No. If they can't learn, fire them. But you love them anyway. They can still come to your church. Are you with me? An employer has to have people that can finally learn and grow. But that person will bankrupt you. you got to make money. You're not in the business to give money away. This is not welfare. You know, this is not the DSHS program. This is not a Biden's giveaway program. This is where we make money even in ministry or we can't pay our bills and you can't pay your staff. All the love in the world is there. I remember the first apostle I worked for full time. He'd gone through a lot of secretaries, a lot. You know, they they would start crying. You know, they get upset and you'd have to fire him. And he, and he said it from the pulpit. You know, I love you as a pastor, but when you're working for me, I need you to be efficient. If you can't be efficient, I can't pay you to work for me. It has nothing to do with loving you, but we've got to do an efficient job to grow. And he got some efficient secretaries in the church, became a dynamite church, and started 2,000 churches under it. But you don't get that with people That are not effective. Are we together? We got to learn. We got to be corrected. We got to move on. We got to be efficient. In other words, we got to live by faith. By faith, the Bible says transform your mind. The Bible says you can learn all things. The Bible says you can become very effective, very efficient. I believe in efficiency. I believe we should be the best person in that position there is. We should learn until we're there. The Bible doesn't show me mediocrity. It shows me efficiency with excellence. I believe in that. The Bible says you can transform your mind. Get out of your rut. Transform your mind and do all things. Fly with the eagles. You got to get out of the rut. The Bible tells you that. Can't you obey the word of God? If you can't obey the word of God, literally you're damned on growing. And that means every area of your life, you're not going to excel, you're not going to be victorious. You're going to fail in every area of life. Family, other areas, relationships, everything. You've got to do the word of God. Put the things behind you that are wrong. Move ahead with excellence. It's not that hard to follow instructions. Relate with people of faith. Again, Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven where men can be saved. Who do you relate with? What do you watch? What do you listen to? I hope it's not professional athletes. And these are the wrong people, these woke, selfish, millionaire brats. Seattle Seahawks will not air anything from Tiffany Smiley. Won't air them. No ads. They want pure progressive people. You know, I I would love to see every professional basketball, football franchise go bankrupt. That's where I'm at. I don't know why people want to follow these people to begin with. Get back, follow high school sports maybe. Where they still do it for the love of the game and not for money and political correctness. Go support a high school. Pray in the spirit, Jude 20. But ye, beloved, building upon yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Build ourselves up in the faith. What is that? Standing? On the word of God. Going back in your memory, seeing what the word of God says. See the memories where God has given you victory. Going back and pray in the faith. Pray in the spirit. Build yourself up in the word of God. If you have received your spiritual prayer language called speaking in tongues, then use it daily to build up the inner man and get sensitive to God's voice. Build it up. If you don't know the word of God, if you don't live by the word of God, if you don't obey the word of God, then I don't think your prayer language helps you a bit. Might not even be the language of the Holy Spirit. You might be under some demonic language. In everything we do, we must be living and following the word of God or it's worthless to try to pray. Again, I mentioned five ingredients to growing and building your faith. It'll accelerate you to another realm of living by faith as you faithfully practice them. One was to build on God's word, to use your memory, three, learn to forgive, four, relate with faith people, and five, pray in the spirit. Do you literally obey God's word? Do you take advice, correction? The Bible tells us a wise man receives correction, but a fool stubbornly resists and argues. I've even told people before you know, you're just a fool. You're not even listening, you're just defending your constant mistakes. Do you forgive or do you harbor bitterness against yourselves and others? Do you say, I hate myself? I'm a social outcast. I can't do it like others. I have no common sense. What are you doing condemning yourself? Why don't you say I can do all things? Do you know what faith is? Or do you hear 30 years of messages and you still agree with the enemy? I can't learn. I just want to be by myself because people don't understand me. These are not words, thoughts, and statements that build strong faith. But instead, these are words, thoughts, and statements that originate out of hell itself that are meant to destroy you and have you living in constant defeat. Say, God forgive me. You can say it now. You don't have to continue in defeat until you go somewhere. Heaven or hell. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to save this country. Eagle saving nations. We have to have another great awakening. Subscribe today. God bless you. Ladies and gentlemen, each one of you can have your faith grow. You can increase your faith. We must do what we can in these troubling times so that, again, we can take back America. We can bring a great awakening to America. We can do what we can to spread the gospel throughout the world my website www.worldministries.org www.worldministries.org once again www.worldministries.org you can donate we need your support we need your prayers you can also click on eagle saving nations we need you to be a part of a movement for another great awakening go to my website www.worldministries.org click on Eagles Saving Nations. My phone number, 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248. Once again, 360-629-5248. You can telephone, and you can help us get the gospel out by making a donation. We take all types of credit cards. If you want to write a check, write it to World Ministries International. P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. Again, address your envelope, World Ministries International. P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. And write on the check, WMI. May God richly bless you. Okay, Shannon.
1: Praise the Lord, everybody. Powerful word tonight, Dr. Hanson. Folks, it's time to get out of the rut. In Jesus' name. Hope you enjoyed this broadcast and you will share it with your friends. What an honor it is to be here every week with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, World Ministries International, for more of the warning program. Again, go to worldministries.org. Become a member of Eagles Saving Nations. Sign up for the newsletter and tune in to more broadcasts just like this every week here and also at the warning radio programs listed right there on the website. Thank you, Dr. Hansen. Thank you, all of World Ministries. We love you. God bless you
4: Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hansen has written a book titled The Science of Judgment. God is predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We need to understand the laws or the rules of design regarding prophecy and judgment. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. Dr. Hansen's objective is to warn leaders of nations of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the plagues or judgments that are coming upon these peoples and nations that reject Jesus Christ as Savior according to the scriptures. Dr. Ronald E. Cottle, founder and president of Christian Life School of Theology, states that this book is a must-read for Christians and other leaders in the United States and in other nations. It is clear, powerful, and well-reasoned. We all owe a debt of gratitude to Dr. Jonathan Hansen for the years that have gone into the research and writing of The Science of Judgment. This book has more than 300 pages, divided up in five sections. Part one, The Science of Judgment, has chapters titled such as The Laws Regarding Prophecy and Judgment, Patterns of Apostasy, Purpose of Chastisement, Standards for Justice and Mercy, God Forgives When People Repent, God Holds Nations Responsible for What Leaders Do parental responsibility, the feasts of the Lord, Solomon's transgressions and their consequences, righteous kings versus evil kings, example of King Jehoshaphat, ungodly alliances, God is predictable, God holds people accountable, man can turn into an intelligent beast to do evil. Section 2, The Deception of the Theory of Evolution, has chapters titled as, Problems with the Theory of Evolution, Evolution and Racism. Darwin's hatred of Christianity and its fruit. Section 3, Why Must There Be Judgment? has titles such as, The Fall of America and Her Destruction, Cult Christianity, Radical Liberal Politics. Section 4, Kings, Dictators, and Presidents, with the following chapters listed as, People Choose Their Nation's Leaders, Qualifications for Godly Leadership. Romans 13, Delegated Authority. Satan is in charge of this world, not Jesus. If laws violate conscience, we must disobey. Finally, part five, so what must we do? These chapters are listed as, we are in a cultural war, our responsibility to a hostile government, the Christian's science of judgment. With turmoil ever increasing throughout the nations, as Bible prophecy is coming to life right before our very eyes, one must read the science of judgment to have a clear understanding of these events and the reasons why. Call 360-629-5248 360-629-5248 that is 360-629-5248 and request your copy of The Science of Judgment for a donation of $35 or more plus shipping and handling. Thank you and Shalom.